Well, I'm hot. Deal with it. Do you know what your problem is, Buffy? You? Hardly. Your problem is you're spoiled. Maybe the world revolved around you where you used to live, but it's share time now. Share time, huh? Fine. I'll show you share time. Hey everybody, Camila here. I just want to say hey and welcome to episode 116 of Revisiting Sunnydale. This is a very special episode. Why? Because we have a very special guest, Dagny Kerr, also known as Buffy's terrible roommate, Kathy. She has graced us with her virtual presence and... um yeah, so we're super excited about it. Now, originally, this interview was just going to be part of a normal episode, but we were having so much fun with Dagny, and Dagny was uh, so generous with her time and, you know, the chatting, and it just went on and on and on, and so it was just like, you know, and in a good way. So we had enough to, to fill an entire episode, so we decided to just go ahead and pluck it out and let it live on its own, let it flourish and blossom as an episode all by itself. So... uh and we also ended up just talking a really good deal. Like, I mean, of course, obviously, because it's a podcast. Yes, we were talking. So, of course, we talk about Buffy appearances and her Buffy appearance. But we also wanted to touch on things non-Buffy because, you know, I mean, sometimes these Buffy folks may, as you know, cool as they are about answering the questions over and over again, sometimes they get tired of hearing the same old thing. And we wanted to give you some new information that you may not know about Dagny. So we found out a bit, bit more about Dagny, the person, the woman, the artist. So ladies and gents, please enjoy our conversation with Dagny Kerr. P.S. How boss is that name? Scene one, Apple, take one. The whole time I thought you could hey. see me and I was even doing this. <laughs> you were doing this. <laughs> the story of my life. Uh, well, hi, I'm Camila. <laughs> I'm Marcella. Hello. Marcella, nice to meet you, lady. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, oh my gosh, yes. I'm so sorry about the back and forth. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen my Twitter account, but like, I think my last response was like 2018. Uh, I just never go on. Yeah, In fact, I went on recently and liked birthday posts uh-huh. from like 2015. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I appreciate the shout out. I know that was three years ago. I'm like, I don't know something about that format. Just like when I go on Twitter, I'm just like, Oh, I, it's too much. It is. It gets to be overwhelming. It's like a lot of people mm-hmm. shouting at you at the same time. And totally. it's, yeah, so it's much. like, if I can, if Instagram, I can kind of a little bit more just cause it's just like a picture. Mm-hmm. It's not yes. so much like content and right. I'm more visual driven. And then Facebook, I'm pretty good at responding on there and my, on my page. So but anyway, I'm glad this worked out. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Yes. Thank right, you so, so much for joining us. That. What's that? Where are you ladies at? Pittsburgh. What part of the country? Oh, you're in Pittsburgh. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Cool. Yep. And you're... My mom's actually from there. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And I also mm-hmm. noticed that you're from Cincinnati, from Ohio. Yeah. I'm from Toledo, Ohio, originally. Yes. So, I mean, we're a little far apart, but still, like, the, the OH-10. <laughs> <I> totally. <laughs> I'm funny with, when people say, oh, you're from Ohio, cool. And they'll go, where? And they're like, Cleveland. Or to, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's sort of like not like really in the right. same state. Right, almost. exactly. You might as, you'd be closer if like, I'm from Kentucky. And then you'd be so, like, oh, yeah, we're like. <laughs> <laughs> we share your airport. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's so cool. All right, so oh. we're going to try, uh, we're going to to like try to do like 15 minutes or so i don't want to keep too much of your time um oh, yeah 
that's all good. It's mm-hmm. early here, so I'm just getting my day started. So it's yes. all good. Okay. And speaking of, like, uh, how is your day going? It's it's good. It was so funny when I pulled up. So I'm, I'm working on a book right now, and it's not a crime book, but part of it was regarding like a cadaver. So literally before this, I was googling like stages of postmortem. Like I was like, <laughs> what's a weird thing? <laughs> like if someone would look at my Google searches, they'd be like, what is this lady doing? Like what is what is a pipe bomb? Like what the hell? So I know, right? Let's talk about that. Like I'm, yeah, like, talk about this book for a minute. That's yeah. Pretty what, what is this book? <laughs> yeah, it's actually, um, it's actually a comedy. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a romantic comedy, but the, it's, it's based on a, um, my experience as a juror. I was a, a juror quite a few years ago and, um, it's, it's based on that and it, 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 uh, it, it is funny and it's romantic, but there's a, the, the part of the trial is about, and it was a real trial about, um, a boy who had passed away from a fentanyl overdose. So it was a really intense experience, but, um, very cool. And so when I was in it, I actually brought my computer with me and was taking notes because I was like, this is a crazy, this is just like, wow. And just the experience of being a juror and uh, how people just don't take it seriously (laughs) and how many people were trying to get out of it was really eye-opening and sad. Yeah. Yeah. myself my gosh if that was me out there knowing that like people are half asleep right, right and like just trying to figure out like let's see what can I lie about to like get out anyway it was just a really amazing experience like all of our jurors they were very lucky to get the 12 that they had because we were just like the most um, amazing group of people that bonded and really cared about everything and took our time with it and it was a really cool experience so anyway that I've been working on that for a while that's pretty that's cool. really cool yeah, I'm excited about it. I have never, Camille. Have you ever done? Jury no, duty? I've never even been like, I've never even been called up for <laughs> for jury, jury duty. <laughs> I've done it once, and it was it was really I was immediately fell in love with the whole process. It really? was just fascinating to see. And afterwards, I actually I was out to dinner with my mom, and I saw this man, and I'm like, why do I know that guy? And it turns out he was the lawyer, the opposing counsel. And I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to talk to him. So I'm yeah. just going to keep going. <laughs> exactly. And it was, it was, the whole thing was really, it was really cool. Was it a criminal trial or was it yeah. a civil? It was yeah. criminal. Gotcha. And of course they were like, do not Google this man. Don't find yeah. out anything about him. And I'm like, oh, the pressure. Yeah. I really want to Google know. him. Like this oh, a lot. The, the, the pl- minute I finished that trial, I yep. was like, me too. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Really? Information I'm really glad I didn't know. Totally. And our a lot on honor system, man. It seemed criminal, but it was actually a civil case, but it was like a wrongful death case. But yeah, actually I Googled it afterwards and I, and it actually validated, made me feel good about our decision because <laughs> you know it's just such a pressure i mean we mm-hmm. weren't putting anyone in jail but if you are my my gosh i, I don't know imagine. it was really, just really intense yeah i yeah. couldn't imagine yeah. doing that i wouldn't want yeah. to be just to, this because of so much pressure on that especially if like somebody's life depends on it like they're going to jail or not like i wouldn't i'm like ah i'm really good at this stuff on the movies uh like say like yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but I know I would say like I have a couple like a trouble like making a decision like on an avocado to pick out at the grocery <laughs> store and then when you get it home and it's brown inside you're like no I knew it like I'm like I like expected to be responsible for someone's life exactly. like this is too much for me yeah yeah but it, it yeah it's like um I would like to opt out of jury duty because I mean if you could see the avocados my history in picking avocados <laughs> Is just way too poor. You do not want me, basically. 
we did have one woman who said she could not be a part of the jury and when they asked her why she refused to tell them the judge called her up to the desk he then cleared the entire courtroom and when we were allowed back in she was dismissed and I wow. thought, I wonder what she said. Yeah. She had got her out of it. Crazy excuses. One guy said on. he his dog barks. Wow. When he's not there. So he can't do it. I was like, wow, really? That's wow. really lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that doesn't my and dog one, will miss One me. guy actually just said, I think she's guilty about the defendant like before wow. even trial he and i was just like so he was just trying to sabotage the whole thing he goes she's wow. guilty i already know it like and i was just like wow this is wow. crazy hope but anyway all right so i mean yes so again welcome to the to revisiting sunnydale wow. podcast yes. <laughs> i love the fact that you are is this the first book that you're that you're writing yeah or? It is. I'm a, so I'm a playwright, so I've had a lot of um, success with my plays. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular story, I didn't really set out to write it as a book. It's just there were so many, there were so many details in my head that that was kind of the only format that I felt like I could get it all out. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I thought, gosh, if I do it like a play, it's like I feel like I'm missing so many yeah. like things that are in my head. So I was like, well, let me just try to write it like this, and then it just sort of took on that that first person narrative. And this yeah. is like the, and this is this your genre? What type of plays do you normally write? I'd say I describe my work as poignant comedy. So there's always comedy, but then there's always a poignancy. Um, it's, it's usually about a relationships and love and grief and that kind of thing, but mixed with a comedic element. So I was like a flawed character that's trying to deal with with something i can't really get past themselves <laughs> yeah yeah and those so, usually yeah. make for great stories i mean there's yeah. a, some i think reason. we all can relate to that right exactly <laughs> absolutely we're our own worst enemy at times <laughs> oh, so, for sure <laughs> did you get into acting because of like were you a playwright first or were you what came first the acting or the playwriting yeah, that's a great question. No, actually, I, 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 so I started in the the business or in the arts just as a young kid in Cincinnati. So I, I started out doing um, dancing was actually my first thing. So I started out as a professional dancer since I was really little and was in like a ballet company. And um, I went to performing arts school from fourth through twelfth grade. Oh. So that was really where I got my. It was very intense school. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was very, you had to audition every year. You had to audition wow. in every discipline, even if you weren't interested in being, um, you know, playing the violin. They would make you play an instrument just to, so you understood all the disciplines. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah. Wow. We had random, like, random people that went there, like Carmen Electra and Nick Lachey from 983. People I went to school with that are now like pop pop culture figures but um that was so that was in downtown cincinnati and it was um it was an incredible experience i think if i hadn't gone there i probably wouldn't even be where i'm at today it was just very disciplined and um taught you to really appreciate um other people Mm. um it was also a very racially diverse school and that really was now i just look back and i'm just i mean i was always grateful for it but i'm really grateful now to just have that experience at such a young age to to be part of that um community i mean everything was always double cast interracially back then which Mm. is really wild to think they were just very progressive right so if you had um like we did the music, the, the musical sound of music. So we would have one cast would have a black Maria and a white captain, and then it would flip flop and they'd have a, I mean, it was just, that's really cool. Yeah, It is really cool. And you didn't really think of it as anything unique, but now you look back and you're like, wow, that's, 
that's really progressive teaching mm-hmm. us that to racially, you know, blind racial casting right. and also right. that it, anybody can portray a role, even though yeah, it's not yeah. meant for that. I don't know. It's just, yeah, because I mean, really I'm, I'm not trying to put your age on blast or anything, but I'm imagining that you're like around our age. So this is probably like, <laughs> exactly. like, like it was progressive 80s, for that 90s. Time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's not something that, um, that I'm sure was out. And I think that also like Cincinnati has a, 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 a lot of, obviously a lot of places are still having problems with, mm. with racial justice. But I think Cincinnati also had a lot of racial tension at mm. that time as well. And I think the school kind of stood for that. Like our colors were black and white. It was just, a, it was just like a safe space for people to go and, and just have another experience. Right. Um, like I lived in the suburbs. And so I, you know, I had a, like a 16, 18 mile drive to get to that school and it was inner city school. And I don't know. And just like, and I'm still to this day, I, I have all my friends from school. They gave us a big sister, like our first Aww. day. And I still, my big sister to this day, just as Michelle shout. She's <laughs> like, happy birthday, little sis. I'm like, and I'm just like, I don't know. That's I know. I feel like I go cry right now. It's like, it's <laughs> really, um, yeah. So, so that's where I started out. And, um, but no, writing was never on my radar. I actually hated writing. Um, I can't say I really love writing still. I love the result of it, uh, <laughs> but the actual process is, I like, I like how solitary it is in mm. some ways that you do just, you know, kind of just go into yourself and it's, it's, um, I think the process of it is sometimes a little bit more satisfying than acting, but mm. it's also very tedious. Yeah. Um, yeah. What pushed what? you to the other side of it? Like what, I mean, you say you don't really enjoy writing. So what made you be like, all right, I'm going to sit down and yeah, do this. I think, I think I take a lot from the feedback that people get from me that they enjoy it so much. And so I don't, it's not like I feel a responsibility to keep going, but whenever I do put something out there and it gets such a response to people and they are so moved by it, I sort of feel like, okay, well, there's something there that people are enjoying this. Yeah. So let me, let me try to push through how difficult it is and continue to just try to create something that, that, uh, people are, um, moved by. So I think, so I think that's a big part of it. And I started out writing, um, you know, probably about 10 years ago, like doing one person shows and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, they would always say, create your own work. Mm-hmm. So don't wait for other people to give you opportunities. So that's kind of how it started. Right. And then it, it moved to more where I'm not giving myself opportunities, but I'm actually now just writing work for other people to do as well. And, and I, I always just get really happy when people say they enjoy anything, even this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I prefer that's so cool. Thank you. So speaking and of- sometimes you find the story has to be told. It's just inside of you and it just has to come out. Totally. It really does. So sometimes it's, it's actually a, like a medical thing. (laughs) (laughs) My my anxiety will not uh, relieve itself. So it is absolutely like a purge, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and some stories are, are that way. And then some stories like with this one, I was like, Oh, I know I have to keep going. Cause I I gave a few people to read already. And they're like, Oh, I love this. Even though I know it needs work. I'm like, all right, then I'll, I'll push through it and see what happens. Um, so, I mean, I so, know that you've probably been asked like a bajillion and one questions about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is, you know, the reason why you're on the podcast. But I don't <laughs> want to like keep repeating like these same questions and, that you've been asked on panels and in interviews and blah, blah, blah and stuff. I, I really we are really interested in getting to know who Dagny is. Um, but 
we obviously have to ask you something about, yes, <laughs> about your episode. I don't like so, um, questions. Yeah, so yeah. Um, first of all, like, were you a fan of Buffy before you were cast as Kathy, the annoying roommate? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's like, I have been asked that before and I kind of don't really remember. So I'm thinking like, I wasn't like a big fan. Mm. I know I had watched a few episodes. Um, I definitely don't, I definitely know I wasn't an avid fan of it because I think I would have been a lot more nervous Mm. (laughs) going on to set if I was, and I'm glad I wasn't because I have worked on shows before that I've been a big fan of. And it's, it's surreal because (laughs) when you see that person, you're like, Oh, that's so-and-so and and that's Captain Dead. Oh, and then it's like, Oh, Oh no, I'm not supposed to be thinking that way. I'm supposed right. to be thinking like I'm part of this cast right. in a story instead of a, a viewer who's right. a fan. So no, I had seen a few episodes, but but I definitely wasn't um, tuning in on a regular basis, and so I didn't I didn't know who a lot of the characters were, even that I worked with. Gotcha. So I mean, I know that you. Uh, you did not have any scenes with James Marsters, but you did have a scene with Anthony Stewart Head, who is like, yes, yes, I did. And I'm I actually sure at that James age, though, I, I, you're probably he, like like he's you know father material, I guess at that at that age. <laughs> I don't know. I've always found him to be a striking man. So what yes. is Sir Anthony like? Definitely, I know. I, I really had just like that one scene with him. Um, you know, and it's so strange when you do television um, because you don't really spend a lot of time with people. Mm. You know, your stand-ins go and they do um, the lighting and everything. You usually do maybe a quick rehearsal. Sometimes you don't even get to say, hi, how are you? I'm so it's just it's it's a little strange. You just right. stay in your separate trailers and then you show up on set. You just jump right in okay, moving on. And then you go your separate ways. So I didn't, I don't even remember having that much time with him, um, beyond actually just doing the scene. And he was awesome. Of course. (laughs) I just remember thinking like, Oh, this guy's such a great actor. And, um, yeah, now I wish I had more time to look at him now that you're saying, (laughs) you know, you're, you're so, um, When you're working, you you are so focused on trying to put all these pieces together, you know, hit your marks, um, remember your lines. Uh, I remember that particular scene. There were a lot of people in that scene. I do remember there was a few people in that scene and there were. Yeah. So I didn't really I didn't really get to spend that much time. I mean, the most the most time I spent with was obviously with Sarah. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, we didn't have much downtime to just talk as people. Right. We were both so focused on, okay, what's the next scene? Do you want to run lines or or just resting? Right. You know, especially for someone like her who's, you know, who's on set every single day, you know, 14, 16 hours a day. How so, much, you know, almost every scene. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> How much physicality did you actually have to to do like when the fight scenes and stuff or was it mostly stunt? <laughs> That's what I love. So I've actually talked about this a lot because so luckily I am a dancer, but this is single-handedly when I was cast, I would say it was it was the easiest thing I've ever auditioned for to date. Mm-hmm. And it was the least that I've asked I was asked about my ability or had to show my ability for sure. <laughs> 
responsibility. Oh, wow. Like I have gone in for something where a commercial where all I had to do was eat a sandwich and I had to do that 10 million ways. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just ridiculousness where you're thinking like, really? Like, don't they know that I can eat a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) I do it every day for, you know, a lot of years. (laughs) But for Buffy, it was like, I went in once, read the one scene where I put up the Celine Dion poster, and then that was it. They didn't ask me anything else. They didn't say, hey... Are you, how are you, are you physically able to do things? I was joke. Like, what if I went on the set and they're like, so you need to punch with your right arm. And I'll be like, Oh, this isn't a real arm. I don't have yeah. <laughs> like, what if, I don't know. I don't know how they had so much trust, but yeah. they just seem to have a lot of trust with seeing things once and going, yeah, cool. I mean, let's, had you let's go with that person? Had you auditioned with any of those casting directors or anything no. before? Or? No, nothing. I went wow. in. It was the casting lady. Joss was sitting there. I didn't even know who he was. He was just a very unassuming, quiet man sitting on the couch. I read it once. He nodded. I left. And then later that night, uh, and I thought I was just had one scene. I just thought it was yeah. a character that had that one scene. And then I remember when I got the script and I kept looking through it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's <laughs> Oh, I'm in another episode. I have to fight. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so yes, the fighting was hilarious because they just they just threw me in. They're like, okay, the stunt guy's like, you're gonna stand here. You're gonna take your left arm. You're gonna go left, and then you're gonna hook. Then you're gonna throw yourself back against the bed. And I just remember thinking, well, they are really lucky that I have control, right? <laughs> because. It was not, it wasn't easy. Um, so I did most of the stuff. Um, there's a part that I always laugh at when, when I'm dragging Buffy across the room by the legs mm-hmm. after I think she breaks through the, the closet door. And that one you can clearly tell is my stunt double because she has right. the biggest eyes. Yeah. Like they're spectacular. <laughs> I always crack up. Like she's like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, look at those quads. <laughs> Yes, of course. She was really like buff. It was funny <laughs> to see like a buff version of me. Of yourself. <laughs> she was she was like a, a I think she said she was a stunt woman for someone on VIP. Do you remember that oh, show? Oh wow. Yes. There was a short haired lady on that show and I think she was like the the stunt woman. It's like a Pamela Anderson show. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was also on UPN, I think. It was like one of UPN's big hits or something. Yes. Yes. So she did, um, you know, and then when we fight with each other, I fight with, would fight with Sarah's double, Mm. obviously for safety. And then not for the smack when I had to smack her, Mm. um, that we did do, oh, I don't know. I don't actually don't remember if that was her double. I don't, I feel like it's not. I feel like when I had to grab her head, we were actually doing that. Yes, we were because there was much conversation about safety doing that obviously do not hurt <laughs> I'm physically onto, you know putting my hands on her um but everything another else, thing they probably should have discussed beforehand like are you sure you can do I mean, this without I hurting check like right, yeah. <laughs> even like does this person have a violent act? like i don't yeah, know like, you want to be the person <laughs> who comes in like the guest star who comes in and just like you know Mames, the star of the right. Show. <laughs> like we should have checked to see if she was really crazy, right? Or just a good actress. 
Are you actually- but that fighting stuff was cool. I mean, um, you don't normally get to do those kind of things. Um, I say with, with that role, I, I look back and it was like, it was kind of like a dream thing. Like everything that you, you, you would hope to put into one episode, right. you know, comedy, fighting, um, makeup. Yeah. Um, it really was all of it. Snark. In one you know, you got to be sassy. Mm-hmm. You got to, yep. <laughs> you play the, you know, you, you're just like, and it ends up being like this iconic character, basically. Like, cause I mean, it's an important, it's an important episode. It's really important. You're not just like this throwaway character at all. It's like, yeah. this is someone that constantly that, I mean, that is relevant, especially in the whole Buffy verse. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea it was even anything that big, to be honest. And I do remember being in the grocery store um, before it came out. And I think I was reading like a TV guide or something. And I saw my picture <laughs> and I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, they're announcing me as a roommate. Like those are the best <laughs> things, right? When you're not mm-hmm. expecting anything. Yeah. So I didn't know it was a big deal. Uh, I had no idea it would become anything. I didn't know I'd have a little pop, you know, Funko pop character of me. I mean, oh, that's so cool. I didn't realize yeah. you had one. <laughs> I did. It's super cool. Um, it's it's even got a little egg. Oh, an egg. It says Kathy. It's That's it's. I so got cute. it um, last year. I was at a convention in in Paris called CloudCon, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there was a gentleman there who made it, and he was selling them, and he had it. And I go, "Is that me?" He's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Can I have it?" I was just joking. He goes, "Yeah." It's very cool. Oh, that is really sweet. Buffy people are the best. I mean, it is quite the the family, I guess, is the, is the best it way is. to go ahead and put it. And, um, you know, it's like not I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of other fandoms out there, but I think this is probably my first one where I've been like, yeah. you know, because that was definitely my first convention was a Buffy convention like way back when before conventions were like a big deal. Marcel and I went together and, um, you know, it's just like this just this whole thing and like as soon as you find out somebody else is into Buffy they're like oh you're my people all right let's talk mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> it's um I've only you know I don't go to that many but when I do I, I've been so amazed by and, and moved by people's experience with the show I had no idea it 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 was a a show that brought um you know got people through such tough times mm-hmm. I mean I didn't watch the show enough to to know the, the impact and the power that it had but I've heard some incredible stories and to be part of that is is incredible yeah i wouldn't yeah like i did i guess i was marcel and i were much older when we started watching so a lot of the things like we were already like past in our lifetime yeah that that were expected but i would say that it was definitely one of the things that strengthened our friendship because marcel was my first roommate when i moved here to pittsburgh and she introduced buffy to me and like i think it was like on the third season or something when when i moved Mm -hmm. in and um, yeah you want to explain to her? I was like, like you're going to watch you- this show and you're going to love it. <laughs> and and you're like, just- you will also learn to log your calls. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, did we ever, I don't know if we ever thought about, but like. No, but I, we do have the, the whole thing about where I played that song. I played, oh I, I played, <laughs> this is my, this is my first time out of my mom's house and, you know, on my own and blah, blah. So I kind of, I may have abused the freedoms a little much. And I probably played Livin' La Vida Loca like more. <laughs> times than any person so should have ever <laughs> that is so much. hilarious <laughs> that might be worse than the share song oh. 
<laughs> the video, anytime it was on, it would the video would get turned up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's funny. That was also fun. I, re- I do remember when we were filming that episode, um, in between takes, crew members would always be like, oh, I got to tell you a story. When I was in college, I had this guy that I lived with. He was a nightmare. So everyone was sharing um, <laughs> Like roommate stories. Right. I remember that with me that like crew members, you know, I'd be at the craft service table just trying to get some, you know, cheese its or something. Like, 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 I didn't know. Oh write man, the episode, when guys. I was twenty? Oh, you know. <laughs> have you had any bad roommate experiences like that? I mean, you don't have to name names or nothing, but <laughs> Well, um, no. I'm just <laughs> haven't. I know. I haven't really had that many bad roommate stories fortunately but a lot of people have (laughs) Uh, yeah so i think everyone can relate to just having you know hopefully not you know someone hitting them with a phone (laughs) (laughs) you know just just normal dragging them across the room (laughs) yeah hopefully my goodness Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so to shift gears a little bit um as we were google stalking you we noticed that um you're a photographer as well i am and so you have taken those are some amazing photos that are on your website. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. So how did you how did you discover that passion? Yeah, um, I think it was a natural progression and kind of how it started was I, I had a point and shoot camera and I, I little point and shoot pocket camera. And I went to Paris probably like it's been a while ago, maybe about 10, 15 years ago. And I was by myself and I found that this is the first time I've actually taken photos. And I found um, myself, probably like a lot of people in the world and a lot of artists, you know, there's kind of a lot of stimulus going on in our brains a lot. Mm. And I felt like when I looked in the camera, it really calmed me. Mm. And I remember feeling so good when I was taking pictures. I was like, oh, I feel so calm just because I'm looking in a lens and everything else is kind of blocked out. So it started out just like this almost meditation thing where I would go out and take my little camera and then just feel really good when I came back. And um, I really like framing things. I think that probably comes from my dance background, Mm -hmm. just like um, shapes and knowing like spaces and just how visually things, things look, um, in the camera. And then that progressed to, I got like a DSLR camera and then I didn't want to read the manual to learn how to use it. So I took a class so they could tell me the settings. (laughs) I was like, I do not want to read all this. The books are extremely thick. I don't know why they... And small. Right. It's exactly like the print is so small and it, it just seems more overwhelming than it is. And, um, that's the first time I had a DSLR camera. And when I, uh, went to the class, I also found out that you could actually control the look of a photo. Mm. I didn't know how you make the cam- the background blurry. I right. just thought it was an accident. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's so cool. It was blurry. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you can do that. That's so neat. And that's how it started. And then I just, I, I study at a place here in, in Los Angeles called Los Angeles center of photography. And I got really into it. And then I started, um, assisting classes and taking more and more, um, like street photography classes. And then that just became a passion where I would just take my camera out and I'd spend the day just trying to capture moments, Mm -hmm. which are really fun. And I think that also is kind of like that acting thing where it's like a spontaneous moment trying to capture. So it's, it's kind of like that hunt for it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when, even when you're doing a scene, you're doing a scene and you're hoping like, Oh, I hope, 
I hope there's that spontaneous, even though we know what we're doing, there's right. that spontaneous moment that makes us feel alive. And so it's kind of like that with photography. And then that progressed to more doing like portraits. And I love capturing people and yeah. I find people so beautiful and trying to, uh, trying to freeze them in a moment Absolutely. is really beautiful. I, I'm also a photographer and people are my favorite oh, cool. subject. Like I, I love portraits and um, like one of the things that I do here in Pittsburgh is there's a, a jazz association here called um, Manchester Craftsman's Guild. And they, you know, 25 years have been like promoting, presenting and preserving jazz musicians and artistry and all that stuff. And oh, wow. they do this thing every year where um, they elect like five uh, old heads, basically, you know, some like old school jazz <laughs> musicians and stuff as, you know, the Pittsburgh jazz legends. And I have to, I take their portraits. For them, and that's oh my God. Like, How and amazing. that's like some of the best stuff, like experiences, like to, for me to sit there with them for like a couple hours and I talk with them and, wow. you know, they tell me their stories and whatnot and I capture their photos and it's just like so many of them. And, you know, like I said, like a lot of them, because they're jazz legends, they're like, you know, upwards of like 60 plus And there've been like mm. some really mm. like spectacular stories that I've heard as well as just like these older man there's this one gentleman they call him the judge and he was probably like close to a hundred and he was just like um just so distinguished like he was also actually a judge here in Pittsburgh but um just capturing like all of those years of wisdom and everything yeah and a lot of them are like you know I've never had a a photo taken of me that I love so this much and blah blah blah. so it's just been like that makes you feel so good right exactly yeah it's just like one of those you have a couple self-portraits on your site that are beautiful yeah by the way and we were talking earlier about how hard it is to take a self-portrait so I was just wondering how you managed to capture that energy from yourself because we're not very good at it I'm not so good at working with myself I am amazing I know it seems so weird right like I'm like I'm really fun to work with um, actually yeah the, the the movement ones were actually particularly I have a few of me jumping and um those were really fun to do, you know, I have my remote and, um, it actually wasn't as hard as I thought, because I, I think in some ways it's actually easier to know your own timing mm. of when you're going to jump in the air and, and click the button. Right. Um, so those, those were really fun to, to, to try to capture. And yeah, that's a, that's a good, good question. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, First of all, I love that you take those portraits of those jazz musicians. I mean, I can't think of a better subject than than that, just because I love photographing older men, yes. too. Um, they're kind of my, my favorite yes. because they just have um, so much gravitas. Exactly. And they just have so much, their their faces and their story and their eyes. I mean, it and makes I'll, your work a lot easier yeah, to do. And also, like, a lot of times... There. Right, and a lot of times <laughs> I find that they're really... Um, they're really brought out of their shell with a younger woman paying so much attention to them for two hours. So <laughs> you get a lot of that harmless fun. old guy flirting. Totally. <laughs> and they're just, you know, it's, they're pretty easy to, to, to not easy to capture, but you know, can you just get them to open up? They're, they're yeah. just such good subjects. Yeah. They, they just have so much life in them. It, it makes it, um, really satisfying to capture a nice portrait. And that's yeah, so right. cool that they also felt good about, 
how you did it because and again it's very similar like you said how did you get into it it's very similar to acting where you you, you have a partner right when you're mm-hmm. taking a photo is your scene partner and you try to um everybody's different some people are shy some people you have to focus them to stand still mm-hmm. and you just have to figure out ways to do that without making them feel self-conscious right it's same with acting you know you just try to immerse yourself and work with what's in front of you and if that's not working you switch tactics and until you kind of feel like you're in sync right. you know that makes sense. but um totally yeah sense. yeah but as far as like self-portraits they are difficult you know and um i think it's a little easier when you have a remote versus like a selfie because yeah. <laughs> those never look that i am terrible at selfies like, hey, I'm <laughs> and then it's really obvious when you like a lot of people when they do the laughing ones oh, God. Um, yeah. you know what i mean which yeah. i do love a laughing photo don't yeah. get me wrong but it's it's hard to make it look like you made yourself laugh right <laughs> <laughs> But um, I think when you have a remote, like when I do it with my road, I just keep clicking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, yeah, it's it's not so easy, but it's but it's fun. Yeah. It's do you fun. have a favorite song you put on when you shoot? No, no. I really just pay attention more um, definitely to the lighting and the setting. I think the mood is very important. And that's that's like with anything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you just create sort of the mood you want. Right. Um, and, you know, whether it's kind of a somber mood. Yeah, it's kind of like getting into a character. So if, if you want it to be bright and pop and happy, you know, you make sure you've got that bright lighting mm-hmm. and some bright the right, you know, um, outfit on that's colorful if you want it to be more like i have that one with the black and white with the hat you know it's sort of like i wanted that feel to be kind of european kind Mm -hmm. of parisian and kind of so i was by a window and i just i just literally would try to sit there and look out the window and get into that character like oh i'm looking out over the seine in paris and then i would just keep clicking my (laughs) remote (laughs) one that looked halfway decent Well, that's the, the beauty of digital right right yeah yes keep, you know <laughs> like the old days where it's like well, okay i've got like probably can do one roll of film right this i've got like, 24 500 chances. digital photos <laughs> to get one good one <laughs> okay so you have been most gracious with your time and uh before we let you go we're going to give you like some random questions awesome if uh, marcella you would like to go on and take that sure <clears throat> what are you currently reading sadly not sadly it's not sad but I keep reading my own story because I have to go back and read it I put it on my Kindle so what I do is I do a draft I put it on my Kindle I change the font and I change the title and change the the uh the author name to pretend like I'm reading someone else's Mm -hmm. book so I can get that separation to see way and I sit down and read it straight through and then I make notes and then I do another draft wow. <laughs> that's what I've been reading which is oh, it's I'm, exhausting I'm sure. but it's it's what I have to do because yeah. it's really the only way to to read it how a person that hopefully will read it you know when I finish it is going to read it right yeah so that's what I'm reading a lot of awesome Camilla do you want to take the next one Oh, you can just go. Ahead. Oh, okay. Um, uh, what what album can you listen to from beginning to end? Ooh, well, that's a good one. Hmm. I know. I, I feel sad. I feel like I don't listen to as much music as I used to when I was growing up. You know, like I just kind of like whatever's on the radio, I'll put it on. What is an album I could listen to? Hmm. 
What's funny, I can't really think of an album at the moment, but I, I teach dance. Mm. I do. Um, and so I'm thinking of my playlist. It's so hilarious. One of the places that I teach is at the um, Koreatown YMCA. I teach oh, seniors. Wow. Oh. And let me tell you, those seniors get down with Sheila E. Because <laughs> <laughs> I live in this glamorous life. Yes. And they're, all, they're always like, what is I was like, they do like the hand motion and I'm like, oh, it's glamorous life. And we do like, we play drums. Like, so anyway, I just like, for some reason that, so I love that era. Anything yes. kind of like Sheila E, Prince, like just that, I love that energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so even when I'm driving and that song will come on, even though mm-hmm. I play it all the time when I teach dance, I just love, I just love that era. Yeah. So Love anything from, from from kind of that 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 movement, you oh, know. Yeah, so just get you going and get your yeah. Who doesn't like some glamorous life? Right, That's like the best song. Yeah. So for me, I've really been getting into you know with the quarantine and pandemic and everything, I've been really getting into gardening. So my favorite time of the day is between six thirty and eight, when mm-hmm. everything is quiet. I'm checking on my plants. What's your favorite time of day? Oh, I love that. You know, I like the 6.30 to 8 a.m. Yeah. yeah I Everything's love real quiet. And it's just, yeah. It's the sun simple. hasn't really come up yet, and the birds are chirping. It's quiet. I've got coffee and my dog. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right around like yeah. 6. 30, 6. Mine lately has been like 5.30 a.m. to like 7. Oh, wow. Is when right before my daughter that's wakes super up. Early. That's before my daughter yeah. wakes up. I have had to make a conscious decision to wake up this early. This isn't my normal shtick. This is just like <laughs> that's your time. That's your hour. Right. <laughs> you have to have it. it yeah. yeah, I did um, six thirty to eight this morning. I was writing, and I had my coffee and a piece of chocolate cake. Ooh, lovely! Mm. I <laughs> love those type of breakfast. Hang up. I'm gonna crash. <laughs> All the sugar. I'm just but yeah, I think it's important that we all have that, that we all have our, I always think it's too, I always have to look up, I'm going to look up my birth certificate. Cause I feel like that is also maybe the time you were born mm-hmm. is uh, also kind of like your prime time. Uh, Cause I yes. find myself kind of in that morning all the time. Yeah, I was born oh, at like God. 11 PM and I'm always asleep by 11 PM. Like, <laughs> literally like <laughs> years, like, yeah, like years before, you know, before my daughter was born and everything that was like, you could set a clock by me, like 11 o'clock. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm done. That's you were a sleepy baby. You were born very sleepy. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just love that twilight hour, like you t- mentioned to Marcella. Just just that anytime that's just like the world is not it's either settling down or just waking up. I find mm. that that's uh, a pretty magical time. I'm not a late night person. I, I'm sleepy by ten. Like I'm just like, oh done. <laughs> yeah. Well, who is someone in your life that encourages you? Hmm. Oh man. <laughs> I feel like this conversation could turn really sad. Oh, Cause I was no. going to answer really honestly. And I was like, yeah, no, we don't, we want to make this like a pod. Like, cause I'm like, Oh, I wish I had more encouragement from my family. Um, but that's a step. We'll make that up. We'll make that a that's mental a whole podcast. Nother, yeah. That's we'll a whole yeah, other one. I've got a whole nother one. podcast. If you want to go on that one, <laughs> we can yeah. spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, like being an artist, you know, I really feel like um, we get encouragement from really like outside of, we get encouragement from ourselves, but also from just outside people. I mean, you know, I do a lot of theater 
and um, not now, obviously, because of COVID, but um, that really keeps me going because in it's just how I express myself. And then it's how I get back from people that will say that really meant something to me. I would love to see that again. So as far as like creatively, I do get that um, from just people that I meet and like even people like yourselves that are so gracious and want to spend time to hear about my life. Um, But I have some really awesome friends too. I don't want to sell them short um, that support me and are always (laughs) just so cool about, you know, you keep going, Dagny, we love you. Yeah. I, we all need at least one person, right? Yes. our life and if we don't have that we have to find it for ourselves Absolutely. and that's really important too you know together are you a board gamer being a friend group or a video gamer oh man i'm gonna de- i'm definitely not a video gamer i mean i can be- barely figure out how to use skype so clearly I'm not, <laughs> like not a um not a technical person um i would say i'm a board gamer um, although we don't play very often, but I'm definitely in, in more like an old school, like, yeah, board gamer. All right, cool. And that's one of the things I miss is getting together yes. and playing board games. Yeah, definitely. All right. And finally, what is your favorite form of media to work in? Television, movies, commercials, photography, or theater? Mm, okay. So if I want to make money, commercials. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to be fulfilled, theater. Because <laughs> so, commercials are easy, easy, quick day. It's just in and out. But yeah, do you I make mean, money on how many times the commercial plays? How does that, how does that really... It's a tricky world and it's, it's gotten, it's a lot different than it used to be. So maybe five or 10 years ago, you could do maybe one commercial and two commercials and, and get health insurance, mm. make a living. Um, and they are easier days. They're usually just one day, probably like maybe a, a 10, eight to 10 hour day, relatively easy. They have really good food on commercials. I will say <laughs> like the best food you'll ever have really? because they're, they're catering to clients as well. They're oh, catering to a- right. advertising right. clients. So their budgets are very big where you'll do a TV show. And even when it, even if it's somewhat successful, the craft service is like, Oh, there's wheat bread and peanut butter and jelly. And so <laughs> like, it's not super Twizzlers. high. <laughs> right. I'm not using it for the food. I'm like, my food on. Um, yeah, commercials are great in that way where it you you almost feel like it's a reward for all the work that you do trying to get jobs when you do a commercial. You're like, this is such a nice life. Like, you know, eating, you know people walk around with cookies. Oh, would you like a, a warm chocolate chip cookie? Like, thank you. I sure would. Uh, uh, like a nacho thank you like it's like you can't even believe it you're like this is crazy um it's not so much like that anymore as far as making a living at it because obviously advertising has changed so much Mm. going online and then things don't play as often because products and and everything changes fast now um but you that's used to how you used to be where you could do one and then yes you get um you get a day rate, which it's not an enormous amount, but it's when 
um, when it plays over and over, you get, you know, a percentage of that. And I don't know how they figured that out, but it's based on time it airs and what network it airs. So if it's, you know, playing during, during prime time, it's going to get a little bit more than if it's playing, you know, on A&E at two in the afternoon. Um, you know, yeah, but they're, they're fun. Um, you know, but, uh, for me, theater is what I grew up doing. And I, I think if you ask all actors, in fact, in fact, James and I did a play together. Oh, that's how we know each other. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't work together in Buffy, but we did a play together about, about, I think it was about 10 years ago. Oh, and, um, he'll agree. And probably most actors that you talk to, they'll say that, you know, theater's the purest form, mm-hmm. um, as far as acting. And it, it really is just about you and the words and the people across from you where when you work in these other mediums, um, it's less about you mm. and more about the other elements, um, especially with film and television. You know, right. edit the editor is kind of the star. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're creating your performance for you. No, I mean, they're not, but they're in pacing sense, it. Yeah. Where right. in theater, the curtain comes up, you're responsible for editing and pacing your performance for right. two hours straight. And if it didn't go well, you have to try to fix it in the moment. And right. if it doesn't go well, then you're like, well, that was a crappy show. Let's try again tomorrow night. Yeah. There's no second shot. There's right. No and usually there's no, take, there's no score take. to like help like, you know, with the audience to like, you know, manipulate the audience into what they're feeling. So that's, yeah, that's, yes. that's heavy. That's a lot. Yes, <laughs> it is. And you, yeah, you forget that if, if you ever watch something maybe without music, even, uh, you know, a show that you normally watch and you're like, well, this is kind of boring. And then you add a music to it and you're like, well, this is, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, all that's of those- like that. Have you ever seen the video? Someone, it was online on YouTube. You can look it up. It's um, the, from the very first Star Wars movie, the scene where they're getting their medals at the end. Mm-hmm. Someone took the music out because if you think about it, when that was going on in that moment, there was no band playing that grand right. march that they're marching to. Yeah. So yeah. seeing that scene with no music at all is so strange. So strange. And it's just, you can't even, you should, you just should look it up. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but it's that same kind of, you know, with live theater, you have that energy coming at you, right? Definitely. You can tell from the audience if it's going well or if it's not. Exactly. They're always the truth tellers, right. you know, where when you're on set, you you never really know if it's working. Right. And you rely on your director, but even, you know, until it's all put together, you know, that's, that's why directors are so important in their own head. Mm-hmm. They're adjusting your performance knowing in their mind, how it's going to cut together. Right. But when you're acting, yeah, you kind of think about that a little bit, but not really. Yeah. It's just, it's different. It's just different Well, and challenging as well. Yeah. And you know, and as much, many props to anybody who can pull off a a successful theatrical, you know, acting performance, because that's Mm -hmm. just, I couldn't imagine because I would be, my head would be too into the audience like, what are they, are they getting this? Did they get this? Is this guy, what is this guy doing over here? He's not paying attention. I don't think he caught that last line. And oh, you know, yeah. Like, People are sleeping. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, my God. That guy is in the front row just full on sleeping. It's like, sir. How sir. is he sleeping while someone's screaming on stage? But, you know, I am it's giving a dark you my theater. Like, oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. What did they say? What did she say? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Totally. It's hilarious. Where you're like, I can't hear her. And you're like, oh, should I repeat it? You know, it depends. That's what's fun about when you have a show that we break the fourth wall and you actually get to talk to the audience because you can totally like if someone says i can't hear her like oh i'm sorry let me say it again like <laughs> right. actually, it's so fun 
<laughs> well, Dagny, I know we originally were like, oh, 15 minutes, but you know, we, you have been such a delight <laughs> to talk to. Oh, you as well. And, thank uh, you. We've had a really great time uh, chatting with you. And again, like, thank you so much for being on the show and doing this, um, taking time oh out gosh, of your day. You ladies rock. Oh, thank I was you. so excited when you asked me because I, I saw who you were and I was like, yes. <laughs> of course I'm on board. Well, is there yeah. anything you want to shout out or promote or anything like that? And where can folks find you, like your website and all that jazz? Or? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm on Instagram, Dagny Kerr, my first and last name. And I'm also, I have a, a Facebook page, Dagny Kerr Official. I am pretty good about responding and, and, and do manage that page myself. So when people want to sh- ask questions or shout out anything out on that, um, feel free. So, because I'll, I'll get back to you. Awesome. Wonderful. Right, well, great. Thank you so much. <laughs> 